And we're back for another episode of Tied Together, where we'll be talking about the latest developments in property technology, or prop tech as it's commonly referred to. Today, we have Ro Sharma, a property development enthusiast with an established portfolio and extensive relationships with some of the most innovative prop tech startups. We talk about the prop tech landscape and how property development companies, as well as individuals wanting to get into the property or real estate development space, can harness new technology to give their expanding portfolio a boost and keep growing their businesses. Okay, hi Ro, welcome to Tied Together. It'd be great if you could give us an introduction on yourself. Great, thanks very much, Christoph. It's great to be here. So my name is Ro, Ro Sharma. I am a London-based real estate developer. I've been working in property full-time for a good few years now. My journey, I guess, having got to where I am today, started in the military, where I was in the Royal Engineers for a number of years, and with some good operational experience overseas, lots of project management, people management, risk management. I then went into banking, where I did a number of interesting global roles, working within programs and change. Around this time, I was really developing my interest in property and real estate, having acquired some of my own buy-to-let properties. In fact, that's probably from before I even started working in the banking space in 2008. I then went on to work in management consulting, and then I started becoming really interested in expanding out the network and learning a lot more about property development and investment in more sophisticated projects where you need to put a little bit more effort in than just buying a house and chucking a few tenants in there. And really, that's where my journey started, and then building upon all my experience in digital transformation and banking, and obviously my interest in construction and real estate development you know, has brought me a lot closer to this world of prop tech. The whole area of real estate developments has been around for decades and decades now. Many people have dipped their toes into it. I guess over the last couple of years, especially over the last 10 years or so, the whole space has been disrupted by the new entrants in the market, especially around technology platforms that are starting to really help property developers realize new ways of taking forward their property developments. Tell us a bit about the property technology or the prop tech space. How did it emerge and what kind of things are really driving its development today? Yeah, absolutely. I guess the term prop tech or property technology is a concept that has been around for quite some years now. I think it's been gaining a lot more traction, certainly over the last two, three years in particular. A lot of people recognize the term. I think the truth is it's so vast and varied, much in the same way that fintech is. There are so many different components, so many different areas in which um, there are opportunities for disruption and where people are already adding value. So I think when we look at the prop tech landscape, it can be anything from acquisitions to construction to development appraisal tools, anything from auctions, doing due diligence, even all the way through to marketing and design. There are a huge, huge number of companies out there that are really creating some superb, valuable services that people are getting a handle of and starting to use more and more. And I can talk through some of the ones that I've come across as well. But I think if we go back even a step further, one of the precursors to all of this, when we look at the very simple level of how properties are marketed, I think some of the early innovators and movers were probably your right moves and your Zooplas. And then we've seen the online agency platforms such as Purple Bricks. And there's a whole bunch of others in this space as well. Even though it's 
only become more of a recognised term over the last two, three years. There really has been a lot of transformation in the digital space, impacting the way we go about property business, which does go back probably a good decade or so now. As an expert in the prop tech space, there's quite a few things you just mentioned there, which may be new to those who aren't familiar with the whole property market. Let's pick one or two of the things that you just covered in the six or seven areas that you mentioned. Could you expand on one or two of them and just give the non-expert listener more of a tangible or black and white example of how some of those things actually manifest and materialize in real life? Absolutely. So I think for the average person on the street who has bought a property, they will know that buying a property can be one of the most stressful things in a person's life. Unnecessarily so. I think one of the other things that is also particularly stressful is getting a building job done on your home. So I think everybody can relate to the trials and tribulations involved in either of those two situations or scenarios. My experience in prop tech is very much more as an enthusiast rather than a prop tech expert, but because I come from a background of digital change and transformation, and also because I work in real estate, it's become a very natural interest for me. And I have built a lot of relationships with people who actually manage and run their own property technology companies. So I've built some great relationships because of my interest, not just as somebody who works in property, but actually as a user of some of those services. I'll talk about those in a minute, but I think bringing it back to your question, the very simple things that people can relate to are the stress and effort involved in finding a property when you're looking to purchase a place. Now, in the old day, if we go back to the classic estate agent model, you'd have to look at the window of an estate agent to see if you see a picture of a property you like. Obviously, in the last couple of decades, the way in which we use the internet has really revolutionized the way we live our lives and do our business. And I think with property in particular, it's very easy to search areas. You can go to Rightmove and Zoopla. You can get your average house prices in a particular area based on the size of the property, the location. You know, you get comparables and data which show you where the nearest schools are, nearest transport hubs. It gives you everything from the value in terms of pound per square foot so you can compare whether the house you're interested in is more expensive than somebody else's. The great thing as well is, in, again, very simple terms, using technology and data, you can see what the pricing history is of that property is as well. So I know that Zoopla, you can see the history of how long that property has been on for and at what point in time the pricing has changed. So for you as a buyer, you can straight away see, oh, we've got a motivated seller here. They've not been able to sell this property for a long time. Maybe you might better put a cheeky offer and they might just buy it. Or alternatively, they might be time wasters and they're not really that motivated to sell, which is why it's been on for such a long time. The point is these very simple platforms, which we can all access, enable us to build that picture far more quickly in a way that we never could have done before. I think that's a very simple example on the marketing side. Purple Bricks is an online platform which most people are familiar with, and they've really had a good crack at trying to disrupt the way in which people buy and sell properties. How well they've done it is another conversation. I haven't used them personally. I think salespeople are always incentivized by commissions. But whenever you move to a six-fee structure for a transaction, then inevitably something is not going to perform as well as it could do if you've got an incentivized, motivated, fee-earning group of people involved. I do agree with the approach for moving forward with online digital platforms. However, whether they got the right approach there, I don't know. But that's a very simple example of what people can relate to in terms of the capabilities that are out there. That's really interesting from the point of view of somebody looking to buy a property. How about from the developer's perspective? How is PropTech really revolutionizing and changing that space? 
from a personal perspective, I'm a property developer. I started off doing property investment, um, doing some of my own build and development projects of properties that I own and have retained for renting out. And for me, there have been some fantastic tools out there which I've used to date. I'm now moving more into development, so buying and controlling land, working with property owners or landowners to get planning permission and then actually take them through the process of building out on their site. So that's one of the things I do, and that's across the southeast, home counties in and around London. Now, during my journey, I've come across a huge number of tools which have really helped me. Funnily enough, a lot of people aren't even aware of these platforms, which is the interesting thing. The sorts of tools which I like using, for me, it's about how do I ensure I can manage the risk most effectively on a property development project? Because we know that when you're working with builders, when you're taking finance out, and you're working in property development, there are a lot of risks you need to be able to manage. Now, to give you an idea, property developers typically will work on a minimum profit margin of 20% on any project they work on. There has to be that baseline level of profit involved because that profit level can move very easily depending on the market risk. If you're trying to forecast what your property values are going to be 12 months down the line and then something like COVID kicks in or some other macroeconomic impacting event, you can't always predict accurately. And then you've got things like construction project problems on site where projects go on for longer or they cost more. You've got all these factors which affect how big that profit can be at the end. So you're effectively taking a risk. Now, for me, having the right tools in place to be able to do the right due diligence early and up front allows me to quantify what that risk can be in real terms. You know, if you, before you even enter into a deal, if you're able to use some of those tools to identify what the size of that risk is and therefore what your residual profit is likely to be based on a number of factors, then that really is going to help you to ensure you're putting in the right sort of offer up front if you're looking to purchase a site. So to ask your, answer your question in terms of what sort of platforms I use to manage the risk, there are tools which I use to do my development appraisals and research up front. You've got tools like Nimbus and Land Insight. They are some platforms which are available out there for anybody to subscribe to and you can get information on a property's planning history. You can see it on a map. You can see what the ownership is. You can access that information through the land registry. You can look at what the planning history is of a site. You can look at what the sales values are in the area and all the sort of information is available in one platform. So that's one thing I use. It helps me to manage the risk before I even put an offer on a site. And whilst I'm doing my due diligence as well, these sorts of platforms are great for that as well in terms of making sure that I don't have to wait for a lengthy legal process to uncover the sorts of issues which I probably could have found. The great things are just two very discreet platforms I've mentioned. There are a number of others which will help developers within their due diligence. There's another one called Property Data. There's one called Datshar, which I've not used. There's another platform called Sprift, which I know the original founders of. These are all different platforms aimed different types of investors or developers or home buyers or property buyers, which enable them to do some of that research up front. The other important thing for me about using these platforms, as well as managing the risk and doing the due diligence, it means that I can make decisions quickly. So it gives me speed of transaction, which obviously gives you an advantage when you're buying as well, and also saves you cost. Really interesting aspect that you've just mentioned is fundamentally a lot of these platforms, some of whom are startups, some of them have been well established for years, are really predicated on data. When we look at the world around us today, the majority of business is really being driven and transformed through the application and the use of data in the right and proper way. A lot of these property technology companies 
wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the opportunities that data presents to them. As examples, a lot of these companies are bringing lots of disparate data sets together from different places. So for example, information on the land near a floodplain or is it yep. near arable land etc or what are the amenities in the local area what's the infrastructure yep. like in terms of uh, public utilities such as gas electricity water etc and many many other areas from your perspective where do you see the opportunities in property data because I'm guessing there are all of these platforms servicing different needs, but is there really an emerging mega platform out there that really brings everything that a property developer needs? Or do you see an opportunity for an ecosystem of partnerships to be developed between some of these platforms? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I've been doing over the years is building relationships with a lot of people who have created some fantastic platforms and capabilities. I don't think we're ever going to see a one-size-fits-all amongst any of them because in the whole world of big data, it's about how do you harness that data to make meaningful insights that you can then make decisions on, which obviously guide your strategy and help you to execute your plan, whatever that may be, whether it's development, investment, construction, whatever it is you do in the space. Now, there are a number of other organizations that have a really good handle on what else is going on within the prop tech world. But again, everybody has a slightly different focus. I think for developers, I mean, personally, I've got a really strong network of property professionals who are developers, lenders, investors. I'm part of a number of communities as well who have their own networks of very focused professionals within each of their areas, which that's fantastic. And I think there's definitely an opportunity to bring a lot more of it together in terms of creating those synergies between different platforms. It doesn't necessarily help them with their own product, but when you're part of a much bigger group of operators and complementary products, then obviously there's lots of best practice synergy. The sorts of people that want to use those platforms come together in a common space you then have the opportunity to actually integrate those platforms, which obviously creates a lot of opportunity through the interoperability which is provided. But I don't think that's one thing that any one platform can do on their own, just because they all have so much they're all trying to do within their own product backlogs to create their own fantastic proposition, which in their own propositions are all developing and changing and morphing by the day as well. I think when you look at that ecosystem, that landscape, there's definitely opportunities. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to create in the background as well through my network and helping my own networks to connect with each other as well. Lots of opportunity there. I think one of the great things about property that I've learned over the last few years is how open and transparent most things are. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some absolute shocks out there as you find in any industry. But I think that the thing with real estate is that certainly if you're part of some of these fantastic communities, the people are very supportive and there's a lot of sharing of best practice and how to do things right and what things to avoid. To answer your question, though, there's opportunities to bring more platforms together and bringing people and developers and investors and communities together, which is something that's already happening. And it's really great to see. How has the prop tech industry, as it stands today, helped you develop your own property portfolios again can you share with us one or two insights into real life problems or real life challenges you faced in the past that has now been made much easier because of the advent of some of these startups and established companies that are empowering you to make your decisions faster and better buying a property is relatively straightforward 
but when it comes to construction and building that's probably where the biggest risks lie anyone who's been involved in a building project whether it's their own home for an extension or loft conversion slight renovation or if they're a developer will tell you that it's been a particularly stressful period because something has gone wrong the whole thing about construction the oldest profession out there but nothing has changed about it in terms of the way it's done how people are billed how you pay people that creates some issues in itself now the challenges i've had in property typically have been around the construction phase it's more around the preparation and the planning for an efficient construction phase i come from a military background where you put so much effort into your planning to make sure you've covered all your contingencies and you'll plan for the worst case scenario we have this saying where no plan survives contact with the enemy which basically means that as soon as the proverbial hits the fan you're going to have to react in a way that you hadn't anticipated but the point is by having done all that planning and having all those off-the-shelf plans ready to pull out means that it's much easier and quicker for you to adapt your approach now when it comes to property development construction you have to have those different contingencies in place and you need to be thinking about how you'll react but there's so many things that can happen on a building site that you wouldn't anticipate you'll get inevitably thrown off track whether it's like you're digging the ground for the foundations and you find roman ruins or a world war ii bomb or something you know these things happen or your builder goes bust or your architect or your structural engineer got their calculations wrong or something went wrong beforehand there's so many variables and so many other professionals that you need to procure the services of beforehand that inevitably something won't quite work to plan and everybody learns through trial and error to an extent as good as your planning is do you learn to be more diligent up front and save that time invest more money up front to make sure that when it comes to the actual execution phase you've done all the preparation you can for me learning more about how to manage construction risk has been something that's been really useful for me i'm associated with a large design and build firm that does luxury residential projects in central london interiors with art is that company and they do a fantastic job of really high-end residential properties for residential homeowners within super prime areas of central london now through some of the work with them obviously it's been a fantastic experience to really understand how to manage and mitigate construction risk from the other side of the fence as a developer i know what sort of things you need to be paying for and utilizing in terms of quantity surveyors working with the right project managers who have the right level of experience but also on the prop tech side understanding some of the really really powerful tools that are out there one of the things i've had some experience working with is some software called costex used to be by exactall effectively that is a platform that enables you to translate your drawings if you take a step back for a minute you want a project done on your home or your development project you'll get architect drawings done after the architect drawings are done and approved you then get your construction drawings which are your building regulations drawings and effectively that's what's telling you what the sizes and thickness of the walls are what the materials need to be what level of insulation what the u values are which is a level of how thermally efficient the building is what your windows are going to be what the window detailing is what the flooring is and the difference in levels between the build-up which we call is everything from the floor joists to the flooring on top of that and the adhesive and then you've got the different levels depending on whatever your floor build-up is going to be so you can calculate from those drawings exactly what the thicknesses are the materials the quantities of materials are and everything now once you've got all that you then got a very detailed specification which you need to then give to a builder to actually cost up so they can tell you right this is how long the project's going to take and this is how much it's going to cost you this is what markup's going to be that's the process right but if you imagine as a builder you get given some drawings you then have to measure it all up and work out what your quantities are quantities are with your bill of quantities and then you come up with your estimate 
of how much the job is going to cost. Now, the old way of doing that was you've got your tables, you've got your rates libraries, you've got your quantities, you've got costs for all those materials, and you've got your estimator who's there with his ruler measuring out every part of the floor plan. That takes a long time. So I've given you a little bit of a backstory there, but Exactool or Costex is actually quite a well-recognized industry platform for taking your DWGs or your drawing files, which come from the CAD, and they'll automatically translate it. So they'll tell you exactly with a few clicks. It will measure all the walls. It will tell you what your quantities are based on having scanned the file, and it can be a PDF or a DWG file. So as long as you've set it up with the right parameters in terms of this is how much we charge per square meter or tiling or flooring or roofing or painting, whatever it is, it then automatically gives you what the cost should be based on your labor rates and your material costs. So then you can much more quickly and more accurately price up a job. Now, what this has obviously taught me is it's really important to get the pricing of the job right first, because when it comes to building, we as humans tend to go for whatever's the cheapest <laughs> in building. If you're going for something that's the cheapest, then something's probably missing from it, and it's going to come back and bite you further down the line. So one of the biggest things I've learned is the importance of making sure you really get the costing right for the job up front so you don't get hit with surprises halfway through the build. And this is a very common mistake that's made. One one of the things you bring to mind is the whole supply chain side of things. There is a really complex supply chain involved. A story I can share from my end was recently having to remortgage and going through the whole conveyancing process was such a pain. I actually used a new online platform, a mortgage brokering service that was advertised on one of the ad boards inside the tube, the London Metro sort of underground system. I thought this is really interesting. So as I got on and my morning commute fired up the website filled in the registration and by the time i got to the other end and came out of the tunnel hey presto i'd been recommended a new lender it sounded like a really compelling offer they brought my mortgage interest rate down the new lender was a startup in themselves fully digital app only you know branches so i thought to myself wonderful this ticks all of my boxes as a technologist and an early adopter and off i went merrily applying for this new remortgage it was all going swimmingly until it got to the conveyancing point where this snazzy digital online platform handed over to an old archaic law firm, which then took three or four weeks to get through the paperwork. And my God, moving from a fully digital process to then getting paperwork in triplicate signed and notarized by somebody and then putting yeah. it in an envelope and licking a stamp onto it and sending it off in the post. <laughs> I might as well sign the papers with blood, not just ink. Yeah. And the whole process broke down there. So this digital online broker managed to get the beginning of the journey and then the end of the journey, but the critical bit in the middle around conveyancing really hadn't been solved properly two years ago when I had yeah. gone in for this remortgage. It'd be interesting to see how some of these things have now evolved and changed over the last 24 to 48 months. I know, for example, yeah. that there are some buy-to-let uh, mortgage offerings now that purport to be fully digital, presumably also covering the conveyancing side of things as well through some form of automation and a more efficient process so yeah it's an interesting space so to wrap up Ro, what do you think is the future of prop tech what does it hold for you and the industry at large yeah i have to say and i think you've touched on quite a major part of it in your last few comments there the legal process is something that creates a lot of pain for a lot of people and i think that's just because of the way 
it works in this country and I think why a lot of law firms and lawyers are set up. So there's huge opportunities for some positive, proactive disruption there. I think bringing everything together is probably where I see the biggest opportunities and the ecosystem, which is something I'm very passionate about, is what I think is going to make a real difference. I think the way in which we pay people, I mean, something I've mentioned, I'm also doing some work with a company called Transfer, who are doing some great work to reduce payment risk on construction projects as well. Anybody who wants to find out more about that, I'll leave my details at the end, so please do get in touch. But I think how you bring all of these together is going to be the key thing. You also talked about how you can make the process more efficient. Now, I actually started using a tool called Apreo for doing appraisals as well, which is really interesting in terms of standardizing the way in which you do your development analysis and present it to banks. So it's done in a way where everybody recognizes. But once again, it's all about bringing it all together. And I think that's where the real opportunities lie. And I think ultimately, this takes us in the direction of blockchain, where transactions are done and you have that distributed ledger approach where you can't fudge the system and you have that absolute transparency all the way through. We're not there yet. We've got a lot of work to do, but the ambition, the appetite, the desire is there. And it's something that I'm very keen to keep an eye on and be involved in by bringing networks, opportunities, platforms, skills and knowledge and expertise all together in a way where everybody can benefit. Thanks so much for your time today on Tied Together. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me.